This is our second episode of the year. I'm really quite excited to bring you guys some new adventures into the realm of beer. This is Dark Pony. Boy Scout, new year, new me. Gonna try it a second time, see if I can get it right. (laughs) Highlander in the house for my first ep of the year. Pretty stoked to be here. We got some interesting beers uh, given to me by Sherm from Brothers Cascadia Brewing down in Vancouver. Brothers Cascadia. Very, very some nice Northwest themed. Yeah, I met him. I was out visiting some accounts, and I sampled him on some stuff. He happens to sell their beer, and he is also the owner. And he was like, come to my brewery. I need to let you taste some stuff. And then I did, and then he gave me a bunch of beer, and it was really nice, and their beer is pretty quality. So Nice. Like, Absolutely. Background, when did it start? Nine months ago. Oh, damn. This brand's making news. And they're crowling. There you go. And they tasted me on some sours out of their bright tank, and I will say, god damn, they're very good. Nice. Good. Hell yeah. Well, something promising to look forward to here in uh, the Pacific Northwest, uh, saturated of a market we have in beer, we are still always looking forward to that good, clean, good shit, and it seems like this might be some clean, good shit. Oh, yeah. Um, what have we got here? We're starting off with their Asian lager. What is the name of this guy? Crazy 88 or something like that. Asian Lager. Crazy 88. <laughs> yep. Wow. Uh, Asian Lager. Just 3 point, what, 5%? Wasn't <laughs> bright so, as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Looks like a Hellas. Oh, man. And it's got that light. Almost no, it's not, yeah. Unless I left a lot of water in my glass. Slight gold. <laughs> yeah, very straw-like. Very nice. minimally straw. But it tastes delicious. The effervescence is great. The presence of that lager yeast is prevalent. There's no diacetyl at all. I can pick up on the adjunct. I'm assuming there's rice in this. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe they threw in some oats. But Which is odd, I but like it really reminds me of when you're cooking rice in a steam rice thing and you open that up that and you start smell steam. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what it, it definitely has that on the aftertaste. Well, it's just got that nice like creaminess on the background that you yes. get from the starch on the mm-hmm. rice. I think this is one thing, too, especially as a new brewery, to make yourself stand out is if you can do good lagers. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything to follow in terms of ales, I think it's just going to be on point. Yeah. I'm liking it, though. Well, also, I will say, I don't think I see many breweries up here doing any sort of Asian lagers as well. So, the fact that they're, Do like, you say that in terms of using, like, rice? Yeah. In it? Or, or it's, yeah, adjuncts that use rice. I don't see that very often okay. at all. Do you? Mm. No, not at all. Um, Matchless did some sake. Sake? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, it's like it's a sake or something. I don't know. But yeah, I I 
have not seen many rice beers. I have been noticing and hearing that quite a few sake bars are opening up. And same thing with like high-end ramen shops. I know especially Olympia has a really good like ramen noodle shop where they do like sake and noodles and traditional dish tastings that apparently is now coming over here. Well, the only other sake beer I can think of or Asian lager is the new one from Boundary. They did a sake-inspired Kolsch in oh, Asia. No, oh, there are so many. Up here? Oh, well, in the Pacific Northwest, I feel like just about every other brewery has done some sort of uh, rice adjunct beer. Um, didn't um, Narrows do one? I feel like Narrows had done one. I, I, might have. Say. I know our proximity in ports, we constantly send over pub kegs to mm. Japan. I mean, they actually get quite a bit of beer from Washington. I think um, yeah. Schooner Exact does a large account. Seven Seas gets beer out of Japan. Yeah, yeah Seven Seas Brewing, Gigantic does, um, Diamond Knight does. Anywhere in any state, but Japan gets our shit. Um, yeah, this is a good beer, though. On, on a separate note, I do think that like I'm not always the first to hop on. I know California has thrown... These rice loggers out all the time. All the time. <laughs> and uh, they're definitely making their way out there. But yeah, you know, 88 getting it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I know, I like a lager, dude. And nice get fistful. I don't have to start with a brutal sour or anything super robust in the dome. This I can ease my way nice. into the brew coven segment tonight. Just uh, handle it. This is honestly a crowler I drink on the drive home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not condoning it. But listeners, if you do have road sodas, (laughs) this is... I just want to hear a little bit more background on these guys. I mean, yeah, this is good. Family-owned? I'm not sure. Uh, How drunk were you when you Mother, daughter, father, son I was fairly sober. I was working, and... I mean, yes, I was sampling some beers, but <laughs> I was definitely sober enough to to go out there and meet them and try some stuff and not make an ass of myself and then safely no, drive myself home. <laughs> but it's also being professional as a sales rep to be somewhat drunk. You, know, you drink what you talk about. Uh, but, but no, cool. Yeah. It yeah. used to be that the people in this field of work used to be able to be judged by the amount they can handle themselves given the amount they've consumed. <laughs> Nowadays, on the other hand, they try to just... You know, hire people on that can be completely alienated from the simple fact that we all work in beer because we like drinking it. And hey, you know what? We sometimes drink a little bit more than one or two a day. However, the norm has changed in a lot of fronts. And yeah, I used to say, you know, a three and a half beer would it be no, fine at all. To this is beautiful. It. Anyway. This is honestly beautiful. It's something that it's oddly enough, but like. This is almost like a wedding beer to me. Like this would be like a really nice like beer to have at a wedding for people that don't drink craft beer. You could I mean like it's good. Yeah. Shower the bride in it. <laughs> so we've got another here. And it looks like it is a It's the People's Pilsner. People's Pilsner. People's Pilsner. Another lager, which I'm excited for. Um gonna crack it so you will hear a pop, Jedi's and gentlemen. You say Jedi's and gentlemen. Jedi's and gentlemen. That 3.5. Getting right on him. Jedi. Very, very similar SRM, which is kind of confusing. I hope they didn't pour you two crawlers. Nah, you'll taste the difference immediately because there is some purposeful diastole. Oh, I can can definitely smell 
the Pilsner, you know, esque kind of and it's got being used. A tiny bit of diacetyl. He said that was intentional on the back. So I say, so I thought for clarification that diacetyl is exceptional or it accepted. is accepted. <laughs> it's exceptional. So in oh, movie popcorn, let me tell you about that diacetyl. Uh, pale ales. Am I correct? English pills, yes. Okay, so English pills. And then it's very small I think amounts. the and it's diacetyl but also sulfur in uh, Burton upon Trent's beard due to their mineral content in the water that they get, which has a lot of sulfur and that's sort of like the only place right. where those people have found that a pleasurable aspect in their like it's beard. It's not necessarily pleasurable, it's an, it's a custom you obviously become accustomed to it. However, Really what's going on there is the capping method. So in the fermentation process, we undergo what we refer to as a diacetyl rest. It's allowing temperatures to rise to about an ambient temperature or room temperature so the yeast can begin to go and finish off eating what they put out. Now with a lot of these higher sulfuric water contents, in some cases maybe something like Bernard Trent, um, the capping time might be a little bit more modified to say what the capping time might be on a German style beer, which has no traces of diacetyl yeah. ever. Um, so yeah, it, it's possible, but it's not necessarily diacetyl that's coming through. Maybe a little bit of that sulfur gets kicked out because that's basically what it smells like um, when you cap a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. You're, you're, you're picking up a lot of that sulfur, especially if you're getting that carbonation going at the same time, whether it's forced carving or just doing some croissant method of some sort. But uh, back to the beer. This beer is fucking great. I'm not necessarily picking up a whole lot of acid on myself. I haven't allowed it to really warm up on my hands. Um, I don't get any slickness on the end of it. It's a clean pilsner. It's not quite the hop character isn't as prevalent yeah. as I would have liked. However, there's nothing wrong with this beer. No, and that's a good sign. Just so they starters. used uh, Golding hops on this because they weren't able to get any size oh, or okay. Sterling. They, Sterling's pretty comparable. If you're out there listening, Brothers Cascadia, don't be afraid of that Sterling. Makes for a good, it makes for a good check. Well, now I'm there. fucking confused. It's been a week and a half since I talked to this guy. I mean, maybe now if you guys, sad. if they did Goldings, maybe. I feel um, like he said Goldings. I know we try to crack this as soon as you got him. I know, I know. But life has its I don't. I don't feel that it's died off mm. at all. That's no, a good clean lager. And I, and I get, I could see Goldings in this for sure. It's definitely not Sterling, because Sterling is going to give you that spicy character yeah. that a lot of those... Uh, this is spicy definitely more character. of like a Pills style. I don't think it's very much in the, the realm of a fucking Czech style Pilsner. No. I get the spiciness. The aroma The aroma's not really 100% there. It's drier, um, which I, I could see kind of... Well, the Czech style lends itself a little bit to both. Czech it's got more spice. Yeah, more spice. Yeah, more spice. I feel the aroma is more prominent. It's not... Uh, it's, it's, I would say maybe the dryness. The dryness is probably equivalent to it. Dryness is, yeah. It's, it's just a Pilsner. It's an American-style Pilsner. And there's nothing wrong with this beer. And I think it's great. And I would drink the fuck out of it. Well, I think... I agree it's American-style. But I think when you taste a lot of Pilsners... Wherever you're at in the U.S., you get, I'd say, in my opinion, way too much hop aroma and uh, hop bitterness that comes through, and that's just something that we are. I mean, it makes overcompensate in the bittering realm because the delicateness of malt is a big focus for you know Germany and a lot of European countries. And here, where we have hops grow really abundantly, that's our focus. Is like how do hops play in, and we just tend to have malt be the secondary. to it. Yeah. 
I can see that. I mean, on their website, they classify this as the traditional Czech style pills. I would say if they switched the, or the hop on it a little bit, something with a little more bite to it, it would taste a little more traditional, but I would definitely... The dryness is there, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, my mouth is completely dry. I mean, I can probably imagine... I wonder what their mash times are, not that that matters to our listeners, but or what their temps are when they're mashing in. However, I mean, the beer is good, and I encourage everyone to go drink it. I mean, it's, it's a good beer. I think we've got to give these guys a little bit more credit on the front that they're nine months old, and this beer is fucking pretty goddamn good for a nine month old. Well, that's what I like is that we're nerding out about it. I think that's what I really enjoy. And I also that. like that, you know, when a brewery starts out, it's like, uh, they're all right. No, like, right now, I would say this they have a lot of great things coming to them. It's refreshing to taste beer from a new brewery and not immediately be like, what yeah. the fuck, another yeah. shitty brewery. Yeah. It seems like these days, I'd like, a new brewery pops up, I'm like, yeah, there's so much wrong with your beer. Yeah. It's like, did you just did you just finish law school and decide to open up a brewery? Because you've been brewing a bunch of four gallon, one gallon batches of beer on your stove, or and it tastes mediocre. Yeah. Best. And you never, you never, you never really had good beer to begin with. I don't know, but this is great beer. Yeah. This is great beer. Um, we're gonna keep on swinging through this. Is there anything you want to talk about the region and where people can kind of get this beer? I think that's kind of a good thing to kind of touch on. Right now, the only market we are able to get this in is Vancouver, Washington, so Clark County. And uh, I don't think they're distributing out of Portland yet. I know they haven't come up to Tacoma. I told them when they want to. I got some connects for them. But uh, doing the special brew cone tour. Yeah. I mean, I was like, <laughs> oh, and you know what? I'd love to have them on the podcast too. Just. They said if we want to go down there and pod with them, well, too, we could we also could do that. Vancouver there. is not far at all. We got some other. Well, spots I think it's interesting well. to see Vancouver is really starting to become a craft brew hub. Oh I man, mean, it's cool down there. Like you know, five years ago, you only had a handful, um, and especially. Do you think it's part of that? Part of that is the Portland just kind of revving off. People no, get the price out. No, a rubbing off, no. I think it almost was a, a deterrent because Portland was so competitive. There's so many craft breweries in Oregon and in Portland, which is a 20-30 minute drive in. That's like why well, have one in Vancouver? But now you you have there's over I think 30 now in like Vancouver, Camas going along the Hood River. Um, you have some Heathen is a great one that's mm-hmm. been there for a while. Um, obviously this one Brothers Cascadia. Mm-hmm. And then there's Grains of Wrath. Louis uh, is really good. And Vancouver Louis, as well. Yeah. yeah. Louis has been doing some pretty consistent stuff for a while, yeah. 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 Have, but, you, have you guys been to Heathen? I have been I to have Heathen. I, the, my first cool. introduction to Heathen was a couple weeks ago, and that was Reindeer Tears 2017. Oh, you didn't even have the age ones. Oh, I have some age ones now in my yeah. cellar that I acquired. Yeah. Date. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is a... Uh, I, had, I had... Actually, I also had their quad that they put out at a... At a, what was it? Uh, local boys out in Purdy, yep. just outside of uh, Big Harbor. That guy's great. And uh, yeah, they had a four-year-old IPA. Yes. And uh, it's funny that we're talking about IPAs as we're segueing into IPAs right now. But um, yeah, it was insane. I don't necessarily like quads, nor do I think. And quad IPA. Quad IPAs, yeah. yeah or what? I mean, because that, that is. Quads too, yeah. but that's and, a strange. Uh, I don't know. I had one of theirs, and then I was like, oh, they have this reindeer tears. I've heard a little about reindeer tears, and it seemed pretty fucking delicious just from the description. So yes, it does pay to write a good, decent description. And sometimes, yes, if you eloquently describe a beer, someone does not require a taste to have it. 
So I just went for a full pour, and it was fucking great. And I picked up some bottles I had from prior years. And it's great. They're bo- like that. The design. Beer. I mean, it's like a funny little thing. It's like a what, like a weird ass Santa on there with the brand, branding, branding, reindeers, reindeers, like yeah. crying tears into <laughs> pint glasses or some yeah. shit. It's 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 a hilarious. funny little. So he started off similarly to uh, rainy days in uh, Port Orchard or whatnot, but basically home brewing, and it just people started coming in. He started getting bigger. I was like, oh, maybe I should have like a tap room where I should do this. And yeah, he was eventually able to just own all of his equipment and acquire a bunch of money to where he was like, I'm just going to open a bigger facility and have brand new equipment. And um, his price points are really great. Uh, before people started getting into um, like dank or hoppier IPAs, he always put out uh, his uh, dank IPA at 420. And it was... St- it's not similar to a fresh hop, but it, it, it always stood on the bottle, drink as quickly as possible. And it really was just like hoppy, dank, just like herbally, aromatic, and it had bitterness. Drink as quickly it. or as freshly as possible. That's drink as freshly okay, as possible. Okay, okay. Just chug it. <laughs> Here's a whole fucking stab it with a blade. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. And chug it. That's true. Don't you breathe when Asshole. you drink this beer. But anyways... And yeah, Ranger Tears is great. It's a bur- you can get the bourbon barrel-aged barley wine for 10 bucks a bomber. And yeah. 2015 was great. And I had it's one in 2016. I got, I got mine at Pint Defiance 2015 and 2016 for 10 bucks a piece. Yeah, I did not pay $10. Mine was yeah. near 17 I was going to say $16.99 yeah. is normal retail on that. However... Um, if you don't show your nuts, I guess. The Heathen IPA was interesting. <laughs> and I'm really interested in, in kind of tasting this... Next beer we have up right now, uh, Cascadia's fucking about damn time. About damn time. So it's about damn time we have it today. Yeah. However, I love my lager. Babies. We've got to have a brew and lager episode where we just drink thirty lagers smell from, smell in thirty minutes. <laughs> that's just that's got to be. You know, I know Boy Scout likes drinking fast, so Dude, we gotta take, <laughs> take a whiff on that before you even pour it. Just take a whiff on it. You can see what you're getting yourself into. Taking a whiff on so, it. So taking a whiff is akin to mm-hmm. when you when you <laughs> fart in the shower and then you have to bend down to pick something up and you immediately get that blast. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. Is. We want that take a whiff just immediate right in your so nose. So we just took a blast of the double IPA and pouring it. It's it's got an interesting heat of it actually. The smell reminds me a little bit of something out of Great Notion. However, the color is like a little darker. A little darker. It's not quite as bright in terms of that yellow. Ooh, particular. But it that smells is nice. Great. That is definitely some like. I actually, I never actually prefer taking a sniff right out of the glass myself. But this is nice. Yeah, we all know you and your fetishes. <laughs> Oh, wow, but it's got, like, a real interesting, like, that's the one thing I haven't had in any hazy I paid this year or last or the year before is a good, or maybe not good, it's not for everyone, but, like, that really interesting kind of caramel or, you know, crystal fucking malt balance in a lot of these beers, which almost I find is unnecessary in hazy IPAs, and and when I brew in a hazy IPA, I've never been like, oh, dude, let's put uh, some fucking crystal 60 in this shit, you know? So, I don't know. Well, this does taste like I it has say, some crystal. It's got some haze. It's like it's like they hazed up, uh, like a malt forward IPA to me. You think so? 
That's what I get. But let's hear what Boy Scout has to say. Say so But chugs that lager. <laughs> I do like that lager, man. That lager was bright, beautiful. As we're watching this guy take down an entire pint of Pilsner. I think it just looks beautiful. It looks like he's just drinking a good, hearty glass of water. Like, the guy just really wants Very to fresh. <laughs> I like the crazy idiot a little more than the pills. Yeah, I, mean, I will agree. With that. really That's actually well, something that if I were to have that, like I would like just two crowlers just to have during the week. Yeah. Well, Dark Pony is a big Pilsner guy. Oh, I like a good pills. All right. Well, I'm a good. Any of our listeners, if you're in Oregon and looking for good loggers, please hit up Heater Allen. They just started getting distro everywhere, but let me tell you, Heater Allen has been doing good loggers and their pilsner. I mean, before it started getting distroed, I mean, just for. Well, for Washington, Chuckanut, obviously. If you don't, if you never heard of the fucking Chuckanut, you're you just brain dead. You've been in a coma for the past forty years. But people have been would be trading uh, Heater Allen pilsners for Treehouse and Hazy IPAs and well-to-do. Really? I've seen it on boards, my friend. That's impressive. But I haven't been on boards in probably a year or two. Yeah, I don't know. Some of us... I, and that's what we got East Coast on. He's heavy on the boards. Uh, obviously, Black Cat dabbles in the boards a little bit. But East Coast is our main boards. Pony, yeah. only in the Ouija boards. The only boards... <laughs> yeah, the only boards I'd be playing on are them Ouija boards. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. And on that note, let's butt chuck this beer. I'd rather drink it from my mouth, but that's just me. <laughs> no, this is great. It's interesting, though, because I, I really honestly never really drink beers that are quite as malt forward as something like this. This does have a lot of caramel and melon. Yeah. And I will say that's that... That's an odd combination. It's almost like... Me. I don't even know if hazy is a word. I get a little of the yeast. Not quite a yeast burn, but it's more, to me, like an unfiltered double IPA. And it's funny, because like, I think that I know what they were thinking when they brewed this beer. Just from my brewing background, I'm like, oh... Uh, hazy IPA, but our traditional West Coast style double IPA, because that's what it tastes like, it's a traditional yeah. West Coast double IPA. No. Well, let's fucking drop some haze in it. How are we going to modify this recipe to get that suspension or really go for it? They didn't really have SRM too much in mind. Maybe they did, but they didn't want to really... Because hazy IPAs, as I've come to find out, it's a vested project. You're You're going against... I mean, I'm a West Coast brewer with a German background in beer. Like, I think for me, when I brew beer, it was very, it was very kind of scary to go into the hazy IPA realm. I was like, man, I, this is not traditional to me. Why would I do this? This is not what I've ever done. And so when I had these beautiful, and I have to say it now, because I, Dark Pony is now a, a convert. I, I definitely <laughs> believe that there are some beautiful hazy IPAs out there. And I think that any of you that don't agree with that, and this is in beer in general, I, and I, Part of why I got into hazy IPAs in the first place was because, well, fuck, dude, we can't go against the grain. People obviously like them. There's a market for it. We have to accept saturated that and it's go for everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a brewing room, like them. I am yeah. not yeah. gonna touch a hazy IPA. That's fine, dude. We'll we'll see you on the other side. But so, we're gonna we're we're all about enjoying the ride. It's all about the journey. All right. And I think that we're having these great IPAs and tasting them. But real quick, I, and I'll wrap it up really quickly Sorry. here. It's just, I taste a lot of West Coast IPA on this. And I, and I really think that I, I know what they were thinking of when they did it. And they're like, West Coast IPA, double IPA meets that hazy thing that we haven't quite dabbled in quite yet. But this is what we got. Okay. I will say, like, 
almost two weeks ago. This was a little brighter when I was having it. So maybe age in the crowler is different. And secondly, how do you guys feel about the inundation of haze into our market? Because I've been kind of just noticing, like, we got New Belgium doing a hazy IPA now. We got Sierra Nevada doing one. We've got Sam Adams, of all people. So we have well, all these. Anchor, Anchor did a hazy IPA okay. last year. It is worthy. To, I wouldn't say worthy. That's the absolute wrong word. But uh, Great American Brewfest has made hazy IPA its own IPA category that's now. So that's. I think what is becoming the defining factor is it's becoming its own subset yeah. of the IPA because I love, even... I love Boneyard's take on it. There's a guy at Boneyard Brewing that had a sweatshirt with the the Trump shit, but it said "Make clean or make beer clean again." And um, I think there's just some people that are really adamant about it that it's lazy brewing. Is there a balance between that? Yeah, because there's been some really great hazy IPAs I've had. Ecliptic just put out their phaser, and it's actually really good. It's, I had it I had it after that segment you guys did on the Brew Coven, and I tasted it. I had it the other day. And it was. It was. It, it was good. What's weird is that, I mean, regardless of the haze, which if you want to talk about haze and filtering and centrifuging and... I strips, don't give a fuck. Okay. Fuck you, because I'm talking for a second. You've talked. It does take away from the beer a little bit, but what I like about the ecliptic style hazy IPA is it really reminds me of classic West Coast style. A good balance of aromatics of the hop aroma and sort of that fruity aroma, but this adds like well-standing bitterness. You can't taste any sort of malt in it, and I think that's the downfall sometimes at hazy IPAs is that you begin to think that, oh, somebody just literally did a clean malt build, but then was like, let's just throw 20 pounds of hops, you know, per barrel in it, and hopefully, like, this will just catch on and be good. And that's, you know, where German brewers and whatnot start to go like, well, where's the delicate, the balance? Like, where are the other ingredients that you're trying to show the layers of? But, um, yeah, apparently now it is its own category, so there's that to give to it. Well, I will say that the one thing that, confuses me a little bit about the haze craze is that we've got this inundation of so many misrepresentations of what I mean I perceive to be a good hazy beer because you're seeing like I don't know so many different examples of people claiming a hazy IPA right and like when you taste something like a treehouse or a monkish and then you compare it to something like I hate to throw Sierra Nevada under the bus, but they put out the, the hazy IPA, their version of it, right? It's terrible. Nowhere similar at all. Yeah. Like, and so you have the, the mass consumer thinking, oh, this is what everyone's talking about when they drink something like that. And be like, oh, okay, okay. I see what's up. But not really understanding, like, what they're missing out on, which for me as somebody who likes to supply people with beer and also likes to drink good beer, that frustrates me a bit that we yeah. have the availability of people to claim something that doesn't represent the style of that well. So Dark Pony is about to break this all down. Yeah, and and, and timing. <laughs> One minute. Do it. We have, it. we have these bigger breweries. Timer go. Sierra Nevada, Anchor, uh, New Belgium. All these breweries are going to provide you with your gateway hazy IPAs. Now, as Boy Scout had mentioned, hazy IPA is now defined as a beer style. Now, that is not to mention that the New England style is not necessarily even being touched upon there. So if we look at um, New England versus hazy IPAs, those are two different beers, right? So to, to say that one and the same is the same thing, we're not talking about Hetty Topper anymore. We're talking about a whole new redefined realm of beer. Now, beer is brewed year-round. It's not wine. There's no seasonality to it. 
in terms of what we've constructed as far as seasonal beers, that's different. But beer has no limitations to it. What's interesting about hazy IPAs is the fact that you get something different from the hop character. That hop character comes through in a different, unique way. Flavoring hops now become more prevalent. That's something that you can't ignore. If you like hops, you're going to dabble. Now, there's these gateway bigger breweries putting out hazy IPAs that are going to be like those gateway beers that people have, their first craft beer, what have you. Now you're going to have these other breweries who are like Monkish or Treehouse or Trillium or all these other breweries who have mastered the style and have already been at the forefront of the goddamn scene and are going to be having people looking at them and like still glorifying it. This is just a revisitation of what Vinny had back with Russian River and Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Younger, now being redone with a different beer. We're always going to be experimenting with hops. We're in the United States. We're not one of the biggest purveyors of hops. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to push the envelope of hops and what hops can do. And that's basically what we're looking at. Maybe it's a little longer than a minute, but you made a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeast also plays a big part of it, as it always will do. But I will tell you, me being the brewer and frustrated with it, it's like, yes, you can put out a shitty unfiltered beer. But what we're talking about now is a unique definition of hops, a unique definition of things. And I, I think... Boy Scout and I, maybe even you, Highlander, have come across people who are like, oh, well, it's not quite good enough for me, these hazy IPAs. And it's like, well, there are some that are. Yeah. And there are some that are very tasty. And there are some that do do this really unique thing for me. Um, we're going to taste a lot of bad ones this year. I promise you. But everyone, yeah. and I've read up on this, and if you guys, as I assume, if you're listening to this podcast, have read up on the, on the articles that have been put out this year, this is the year of hazy IPAs. Yeah. Yep. So Craig from the place that we like to go. I don't know if we're talking about it, but we can name it Cabrador. Yeah, Cabrador. He, he was talking about trying to make the anniversary beer for this year, and wanted to go with a local brewery that is pretty old. And he was like, I don't know, maybe we should do a hazy IPA. And I was just like, I'm pretty sure that brewery wouldn't ever want to try to do that. <laughs> or if they did, they wouldn't have any idea what they're doing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, well, also that's one thing, too. It's a defining factor in terms of, you know, like, you do what you do well. Are there things that you need to get into that you don't necessarily believe in? Because if you're half-hearted in believing in a hazy IPA, why the fuck would you make one? Yeah, right, right. But there's a lot of people who were half-hearted and yeah, putting totally. fruit in their beer, and they made one. There's yeah, a lot of people and it came who were, out terrible. There was a lot of half-hearted people who wanted, didn't want to put out a lager when lagers became popular about three years ago in crap beer, and they made terrible ones. Yeah, and exactly. you know what? Like, and I think you know at the bottom line, this was what I want to add in my last minute without really cramming it too much. Is simply just saying, if you believe in beer. And you believe in growing beer and growing the education of people because we're still in a growing phase. At some point, this will plateau and people will just drink their beer of their local community. The people who are more successful will strive. It's always been proven to be that way. And then those breweries will exist and the people who drink it will exist. And then there will be unique stuff continuing to go through. But for the most part, we'll have a plateau um, in terms of like that massive boom slapping in the face. This is awesome um, in our culture. I think that if you care about beer, you will, and you're a good brewer, you can make commentary on it. Produce a quality beer and just say, hey, I made this style and I executed it to the best of my ability and it shows through in this beer. 
Wouldn't you agree? Yes. <laughs> and I'm confused as to why Dark Scout is coming out. Dark Scout? <laughs> gotta have your PPE. Well, because Dark gotta Scout... Gotta have the PPE. We've got another brewery event coming out there tonight, so we're That's we're a great beer name, Dark Scout. Holy moly. Dark Scout. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> Everyone's trying to take the Dark Pony name. That's the 2018 realm. Everyone's gonna throw a Dark Highlander in, a Dark... <laughs> Dark all right, Scouts. All right, all right. Before we, we get derailed and we just end this, uh, do we have any critique or uh, commentary that we want to give to this brewery about this beer? Uh, as it my only out critique there, an off flavor in it. On all sure. three of these beers, the only critique I have is on this hazy IPA. Yeah. Is I it green apple? I would or? not drink it a lot. It's it's giving me. I'm not gonna say critique. I would say, what do you want to see different about this beer for future editions? This definitely has some buttery to it. Dialing back. The sweet crystal malts, I don't know if they throw any dextrose in. I will also say this for you breweries that use any level of dextrose or malt of dextrins to help supplement a little bit of that sugar that you didn't quite get in your actual mash, don't do it with a hazy IPA. And if you are, and then talk to the experts. Yeah, you should I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think there. that, like, yeah, you can pull that off with a bright beer that you're going to throw through a filter and do all this other fucking post-fucking-brew shit. Yeah. But I don't think you can really pull they can that take off. It out. Yeah. Well, someone who knows minimal about brewing, uh, I know that when I was making my Hayes IPA with Mr. Tristan, he threw a bunch of calcium tablets into it to change the water, and then also we'd use the oats and then some other weird powder that I can't remember, but... It achieved the texture without the sweetness that we were looking for. And I feel like you should be able to achieve all the sweetness that you need from just your base malt, right? With, um, with the oats? Without not always the base malt, not your oats, no. I mean, for all our humbers listening right now, Dark Point will give you a little insight into the hazy IPA realm. And, and obviously, East Coast is a great guy to add to this. If you guys want to actually message us in terms of hazy IPAs, we have a lot of feedback for you guys. Because we'll respond uh, with pictures and text. And, and text, dick yes. And Bluff. maybe not <laughs> yeah. those, but those are also pictures, so you could, could receive some <laughs> profane visuals, but they will also lead to beer advice down the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of brewing, I think, yes, oats are prominent. Yes, there's water. A lot of what it really boils down to, and I don't do a whole lot of water chemistry because of... I mean, I, I do do a lot of water chemistry in certain beers, but in the hazy IPA front, I don't necessarily fuck with that, if you get my drift. And and you can, but I don't think that's going to make or break your beer. I think at the end of the day, what you're looking at is your good barley to oat ratio, what you're looking at as far as texture. Um, and you want to look at your additions of hops and what hops you're using. Those are very prominent and important in terms of like how much bitterness you want to add, how much bitterness you don't want. And then there's those late edition hops, and I'm talking late, late editions. We're talking like pretty much hop, like rattling your beer right out of that goddamn on knockout and like just taking whatever you can with you and bringing it into the actual, some troub, if you will, with you into the actual fermenting vessel, allowing that to settle out as you let your yeast use it. And now there's a lot of modified types of yeast that will actually give you that exact type of flock rate that's going to give you some suspension. You are going to be drawing in some yeast with you when you do a hazy IPA or some hazy beer for any fucking fact of the word. I mean, if you've ever done a half of Weizen, you probably have some experience with how that works. But I will say that the, the calcium tablets, I throw calcium tablets in all my fucking beers. <laughs> and I, we, me and, um, 
you know, the Boy Scout had done an Eng- New England style pill, um, and we threw a shit ton of calcium tablets in it because that's the kind of hardness I like in my water. And I know that with the water we have, we filter it and we boil it, and I, I do a lot of treatment too. I like to have specific pH in my water as well. Um, but if you guys are looking to really execute it, I would really, I'm not gonna give you any surefire fucking results, but really focus yourself in on those oats. Um, your hot varieties that you're going to be using when you're doing those additions, focus on the late additions and then really take a look at that yeast. I think the yeast is the main thing, really. Right. Imperial makes a great one, just a name drop. Is that the Imperial Yeast Organics? Imperial Yeast Organics down in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Does a really good yeah. easy IPA. From sure uh, White Labs, I'm pretty sure. White Labs is one out too, yeah. Um, not a British Shell yeast, no. It's, it's a different, it's a more suspending yeast, it flocks a lot slower. So look at your flocculation rates and look at your, your dropout rates, look at your firm time and attempts. And those will, those will set you up for a successful hazy IPA if you pay attention to it. Yeah. Also, um, as Xander, a friend of ours mentioned some time back, um, he doesn't know a whole lot about hazy IPAs, but we had touched base on all this other stuff. As Highlander mentioned earlier, uh, we basically looked at the idea that hazy IPAs should be drank fresh, etc. Not necessarily the case. We've now found that hazy IPAs, after dropping out of a certain time, actually provide some interesting hop characteristics mm-hmm. with less hop burn. This particular beer we just had today from Brothers Cascadia did not necessarily resemble that truth in terms of the fresher later. I mean, if it were good, I mean, you've had Trillium, we've had Treehouse, we still taste those hop characteristics, even on a Treehouse, you know, Orange Julius from fucking two months ago, three months ago. So, I'm just telling you guys it's straight up about the yeast. And a lot of the brewing methods are very important as well. Thanks for listening to Brew Coven. We had a great time. Brothers Cascadia. Highlander doing the footwork on this one. Yeah, it's great. Really things. excited to have things. people on the team in 2018 that are going out and seeking out other people. We have some really great interviews coming up this year. Um, anything else exciting happening this year for the Brew Coven that anyone can think of? I mean, we're doing a lot of interviews. We're going to be doing Highlander and I believe Dark Pointer are making a CBC venture. And I'm going to be reporting be at GABF this year. Uh, oh, fuck I, yeah. I think a lot of us will probably be at GABF yeah. this year as well, but CBC is the first thing we can think of. And we'll have uh, stickers, buttons, and some other swag out there, so come find us. Boy and Scout is going to be participating in some body weight competitions <laughs> at local gym. He's been making those gains. He's really proud. Lifting is hard. just as important as drinking, so I guess that's a thing. Islander is gonna probably not have any children this year, so that's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> Keeping the babies at bay, literally the boundary of that bay. And uh, you know, so as we progress, Brew Coven is all about that feedback. So please send us some emails. Please shoot us up. We love all our fucking lovely, lovely listeners and followers. Um, even the hateful ones. Even the hateful ones. Give them to me. We actually we haven't had any yet, but we would love some. Yeah, yeah. give us some hate, give man. Us some hate <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. We love hate. Build us up. You know, well, give us that character. Hate, it's, it's, it's only as black as we receive it, right? So um, we'll keep receiving. So thank you guys, and Happy New Year to you guys yet again. This will be the last Happy New Year segment. Thank you for listening to Brew Coven. 
please hit us up at www.brewcoven.com or hit us up at the Brew Coven at yahoo.com. <laughs> yeah. And our Instagram handle is just straight up Brew Coven. Or Brew Coven. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you probably already follow us on Instagram if you even know we're around. So thanks. And Happy New Year, you guys. May you drink many, many great ales and many, many great lagers.